Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone? This is Star Rock, and you are tuned into the AURN podcast. And I am here with my co host. Woo! Who want to go first? Yo, man, the, the off mic conversations are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Jay Hall, but the off mic conversations are hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all have to be here. But um, I'm Jonathan Elias, and we're super excited to have another awesome episode to share with y'all. So, how's adulting going? Because <laughs> <laughs> speaking of off mic, like what it took for me to get here going. <laughs> I don't know how long it's we got. I don't know how long we got this room reserved for. Hey, none of us. Started preparing our taxes yet? Oh, That's a whole God. I never look forward to tax season because I always owe. Same. <laughs> I mean, Same. I said earlier that I feel like the signs of my adulthood was when summer vacation, there was no more. And when I actually <laughs> had to start paying attention to my taxes and realizing I was going to do more owing than I was getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having a kid does nothing for any kind of incentive. You might hear that, but it doesn't. It, I mean, it varies, I guess. And if you are someone who has a kid or kids and gets incentives, good for you. That's wild. That's not my case. That's, that's not my wild. situation. Mm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I've, I've been like a real godfather and an uncle, and I've been like playing a role where I did not put them on my taxes. But I'd be seeing people who didn't even do half of what I did, and they're actually fathers. I feel like I could have went back and put my niece on there somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could have went back there and put my godson on there, you know, and my, my goddaughter. I, I, I could have claimed somebody. About, about my time working at that tax company. I'm not going to say the name, but that popular tax company. Were you in the Bronx? Oh, I was in, rece- in the Bronx. In the Bronx at that. <laughs> I was a receptionist, Sheesh. and people were coming in on all kinds of foolishness because <laughs> somebody done that, ain't, that hasn't seen their kid in, in years going to file for, file them for, what is the, the dependent? And yeah. they'll come in like cursing out, cursing me out, and I'm like, I didn't do nothing. I just check you in, and you talk to your tax <laughs> providers back there, okay? So that that was interesting. I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, Uncle Sam is the only person who will still come get your money after you're dead and charge you That's interest. Wild. Yes. That's wild. Mm. Like, yo, you better look. I don't know who my daddy is, yo, because right? I'm pretty sure he ain't pay taxes. <laughs> What? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm all like, right? Oh, I, mean, I, I know who he is. Just don't know where he yeah, at. No, I know but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just what it is. I know what you mean. Yeah. But no, the taxes thing is a very serious thing, and, and uh, you know, you start to pay attention as an adult, and you really should. I'm not good at doing TurboTax. People who be doing their own taxes, because sometimes oh, I don't remember what I've done. I can't. I could never. I can't. Do you guys have any um, words of advice for? anything for anybody out there about taxes pay them i was gonna say if you're if you're like 1099 massive like we are the 1099s Mm -hmm. um pay quarterly yes yes you know what i tried to pay quarterly and the the freaking irs website wasn't even working you shot down your own device star that's that's why i said but you know what because actually never mind look look into it though definitely um find the tax person that you can have a relationship with that you can talk to throughout the year and They'll give you some good advice for how to put money away. They'll probably tell you to pay quarterly, but like, like I tried to, it didn't work. This was this was last year, so I don't know. You know, things might change, but definitely establish a relationship with a tax person, someone who works with people that work in your same industry. Yeah, My tax uh, guy deals with a lot of people who have ten ninety nines and W fours. I think is the other one that's like the independent contractors. Make sure you have a tax person that understands what you do and your industry and how you can potentially get things written off. I say no more. Don't don't do hookups when it comes to the government. I get it. You're watching your your friends do things and they're maneuvering and they're getting by. You're watching your auntie pull up with a brand new Lexus. But trust me, the government is that individual that sits back and just watch your bubble blow. Mm-hmm. Right? And if they got to come get you when you dead, dumb, and blind, they always, 
always come get their bread. So when it comes to the government, I don't go to no like hookup. I don't go to no like uncle who knows something. Like, yo, go read it, go Google it, go understand it. Don't just go by no theories because I've seen people have to pay the ultimate price because they were going by what 10 other people told them you can do. So nah, Yeah, just and there's always going to be me that get caught. Right. Look, yes. I got the right. bad luck. You be the one. Yeah, I'll yeah. be the one. Yeah, I don't yeah. have that kind of luck. I, I can't. I, <laughs> I just I don't. I have been audited more than once in my fund. Same. So, Same. You know. Why is all the broke ones that just be audited and they got, got to pay all this back? Like, what? Millionaires don't have to pay. Don't, pay, don't be paying nothing. Because <laughs> there's a difference between being broke and poor. Set up. That's why. When you're poor, there's still some sort of like loophole. possibly loophole, possibly benefit, right? When you broke. You're still on that line. You're still on that People line, but like exactly. you can't because <laughs> middle can't. middle class is a very wide spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Of, of income. Yeah, yeah. Like so. if the poverty line is right here, and middle class starts right over here, the poverty line you can be. That's it. Right. So nah, it's just it's one of those things you learn. I feel like as you become more and more an adult, to be more in tune with your finances, and they don't teach it in school for us to learn. We always Which manage it through trial and error. At least like an intro to, to tax something like senior year of high school or something college something. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody remember the first time they kind of came up on taxes? Anybody ever came up on? It? Yeah. I, How'd you 20s. feel? How was that spring? Oh, it's nice. You had your daughter after that. I know this was in my twenties. Oh yeah, this, yeah. This is what. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, why the free stuff? When I wasn't making anything. Right. 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 Yeah. That's when I'm like, oh, I like taxes. <laughs> Listen, exactly. I, I, damn, that's, it's uh, that's such a, 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 a memory from so long ago that it just feels weird being excited about tax season. Like, yep. God, but it, it felt great. My like, first jobs out of college, like, I didn't even have to pay to get them prepared. Right, didn't have mm. to pay to get them prepared. Got mm. mad bread back. I'm like, where did these days go? Huh? You were looking at the situation like, why everybody hate taxes? Right, right. right. You know, I here. love it. <laughs> No, I hate them now. Hate. Yeah. Does did anybody ever have any like conversations coming up financially with your parents to even prepare yourself for it? Jonathan, you, you no, see, and that's the thing, you know, I always say this being first generation, um, I, my family was, they were learning, you know, shit while, while I was supposed to be learning, you know? So unfortunately like with taxes or credit, all that, I, I wasn't really taught that, you know, which should like going back to what we said, I wish that the schools actually did teach us about these things, things that, you know, if your parents did not know too much about it or weren't, um, following what they should have been doing, you know, like then the schools would actually teach you about what you're going to have to deal with in life as an adult. Like, it makes no sense to me that I was learning about shit. I can't even, re I can't even tell you the subject, you know, like <laughs> what, right, you know? Right. So, it, it, and that, that just goes back to show that like, it's all a setup. Like they don't care about what the fuck you've got <laughs> to do. Teaching something useful. Listen, what? like it, it's just, it makes no sense. So, um, yeah, uh, and, and you know, I got screwed. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I went to Howard, actually, um, a tax lady had claimed my tuition twice, Ooh. and I had no idea. Wait, how did I claim my tuition twice, and I had no idea? <laughs> and then, of course, when everything was falling in my on on my head, like I had probably the worst year ever. Um, in 2014, when I first moved here, everything happened. My car broke down, Sheesh. got hit by a hit and run right after oh I got goodness. it fixed. My uncle passed. I was moving from D.C. to New York, had no job. It was like literally the worst. And what can happen when the worst happens? Something even oh, more worse. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when yeah. I got audited. They found out that they claimed the tuition twice. I had no idea. They froze my account. They um, basically said that we're taking everything. Um, and it was just like, God. So I to my friend. She had a business that made lots of money. and But it happened so fast. And, like, she, I don't know what the specifics were, but she wasn't taking care of her taxes. Like, she mm. was underpaying or something. Mm. And the government was like, you know what? We're just going <laughs> to empty your accounts out. That's exactly uh. what they did to her. They were garnishing her accounts. Godly. Yeah, these are some scary stories. This is a scary way to start a podcast. Yeah, listen. Yeah, right? Well, <laughs> go get your taxes done, but like you said. Tax people, 
Yeah, Touches right. Are so complex that they they might make mistakes too. And that's so. what happened. That's yeah, what happened to yeah. me. Yeah, no, that that that's true. And the thing that's so ill about it is that when you catch the mistake and you try to fight it, we were talking about this off mic. It's the attitude with customer oh. service as if you're begging for something that you're owed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people they feel their pride when it comes to that because I know when I speak to people from like my grandmother generation, whatever, one of the biggest things they had was like pride, not admitting what you don't know, don't mm-hmm. want to be taken advantage of and things of mm-hmm. that nature. But you really do got to go into the situation. The, the I always like to say the, the more you admit you don't know, the better off you're able to learn. Well, I want to take that, not to go completely left, but like we were talking about minority health month, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that you said that. Um, <laughs> what we is minority health month? I've never we even heard of that. that you never heard of that, son? No, no. Minority m- yeah, yeah, me either. And <laughs> I was just talking about the HIV AIDS, but no, I'm going to look it up. But um, it's interesting that you, you, you mentioned like pride, keeping people from admitting things or having certain conversations. Like we, we got to let that go. Like, we really, really... I, I get it I to a certain know. degree. We do got to let it go. I mean, one of the things that shedded me uh, when it came to Pride was... And, Yonda, you can relate to this. When you when you go, when you go went to Howard, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. it, It's actually Minority Health Month right now. It's right now? Wait, 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 wait. I thought we were celebrating Women's History Month. But no, it's in right. April. April is... Oh, is... my fault. I'll be getting my months confused. Because mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> I'll be looking for the tax extension. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm Listen. It's, I'm thinking it's, it's June or... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Taxes Minority Health Month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. And, I mean, when they say minorities, I are mean, they... taxes can take a toll on your mental health, too. It's so. been Hello. taking a toll on mine. That's what Hello. we're talking about. Hello. So, my, I mean, so the origin of it or whatever, I mean, does that include... Is that one of them situations that it started off it being for black people, but then it became minority? Or was it's it always minority? one of those new... Because, like, you know, every time you turn around, it's like a new... National Chicken Day. Or <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> whatever wait, month. I bet wait. you there's a National. You said chicken National day. Chicken Day. There's absolutely yes. A there's absolutely because I remember. Um, it has it was, to be summertime, cookout time. I forget I when know, it I'm was. It once I get Minority Health Month <laughs> together, um, Minority Health Month. Yeah, so National Venice, Chicken Day, yo. Minorities that continue to affect people. My, I struggle. I've been struggling with my blood pressure, so that is definitely something um, Same. that runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Blood pressure, diabetes on both sides. Um, and you know, I tweeted about that, about the blood pressure thing and how I've been going to different doctors and it's always like, they'll either say, oh, it's slightly high or it's borderline, but like no one says anything like, so how do I manage? Yeah. One doctor was like, cut your salt intake. Okay. Okay. That's a fair thing to say, but we didn't even have a conversation about how I eat. Yeah. You don't even know that one, Mm. I, eating is a whole I definitely have an eating disorder. That's a whole other thing. I'm not going to go into that. But, um, you know, we didn't have this discussion. She's just like, cut your salt intake. You yeah. just assume that I just eat a bunch of... Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's... So, um... So, is it mostly about checking for our health during that time? Checking for our health. And, okay. like, having conversations with other people. Someone actually slid in my DMs and was like, hey, I was I was having a similar... And it was a black woman, too. She's like, I was having a similar experience to you with the health... With the, um, blood pressure and she gave me some supplements that I should oh, nice. try. I'm not going to say it on air, but we can have these conversations yeah. off air. And um I do feel like one of the supplements she suggested is helping um cuz oh, I've wow. noticed a downward trend in my blood pressure. They one of the one of the doctors I went to actually gave me a home blood pressure monitor, so that's been helpful. But it's kind of like if you live on this earth this right. life, like it's hard to keep blood pressure under control. Well, that's <laughs> no, that's actually in the states uh, because when I went to Ethiopia, um, was there for three weeks. When I tell you, my body has never felt the way it felt. Oh, like it did. felt so good with the organic food. Um, chicken eggs were the size of like smaller than golf golf and balls and like no super super yellow, oh, yellow. like when it looks like they have that food bright, color. yeah the bright mm-hmm. the fruit everything and literally two days after coming back to the states my body shut down like constipated and all kind <laughs> it was just really wait, bad wait. so you didn't have any problems none in the transition going over there no but you surprising. had problems in the transition no, yeah going back. No, I agree, yeah I agree yeah really. Whoa. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I remember like I was working out big time out here and like dieting. So like I was so nervous because I was eating so much out there in Ethiopia. And my aunt was like, do you see me? She was like, she's like a stick. And, you know, they have they all have servants out there. So the servants literally make meals all day. That's mm-hmm. all they do. Fresh like meals, fresh yeah. meals all That's day. 
Yes. And I was like, I can't be eating this much, but it's so good. She was like, just keep and on you're eating. Like, oh, you're it's good. Carbs, it's carbs. Yeah, like, literally no, saying that. And I came back here. I like I said, never ate as much as I ate out there. And then I came back here, weighed myself. I lost five pounds. Like oh, wow. I thought I was gonna come back gaining like fifteen. West African countries. I was mm-hmm. like, everyone was like cooking for us, and it was like, oh my god, it's stuff is so hell, so heavy. Like, it's, yes, it's healthy, but it's like it's carbs. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. they were like, what? Right, <laughs> right, right, because <laughs> it's all so natural out there. So it's it's really like it's actually scary, you know. Yeah. Like it was it was really scary. I'm like, you could you could quote unquote be eating organic shit here, and you're still gonna be in the same boat. It's it's effed up food I've out here. Seen, um, there was a tweet where a woman went viral. Um, she she was from the United States, based in Germany, now like in the military. And she talked about how like when she was in um, when she first moved overseas, she was eating kind of the same way, like whatever the European equivalent would be to stuff mm. here. Like even something as simple as a box of cereal. Like she was like mm. she was eating the same way, and she lost weight without See? trying. Yeah, so it's bad here. It's so really what would bad. be something that we would like as a back to Africa when it comes to. <laughs> Yeah, that means it's YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got direct pipeline. My pipeline stops at South there. Carolina. Listen. And the pineapples, the fruit over there, period. Oh, God. But what's something that we can, yeah, that we, we, we would here? say as far as in just having the awareness? I mean, besides great conversations like this, because but you know, Honestly, everybody can yeah. go to Egypt. Right. So what would we I don't know. Right. So yeah, I, don't know. Can, I think Honestly, I mean, working but... out does help mm-hmm. checking, taking care of our mental health and then eating as, I guess, as, as clean as we can. It's not mm. always possible, but like finding a balance, like don't necessarily, cause I'm an extremist, like mm. either I'm not eating at all or I'm probably binging on something sugary that I shouldn't be eating. And then I'm like, oh shoot, now I can't, can't ever eat again. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah. So like finding balance, which is hard. I'm, I haven't found, struck that balance just yet, but um, it's been helpful for me oh, to have. Yeah. And, and work with the nutritionist too. Okay. Yeah. A good one. A good, I mean, a good one. Hopefully, a your whole... doctor. You know, there's one like paired with your doctor or something. Let me something. Look at that face. The nutritionist <laughs> before <laughs> last. Yikes. That I was uh, paired with. So when I was pregnant, um, my doctor paired me with a nutritionist, and she printed out the food pyramid, like the my plate. It's called my plate now. And she was like, just make sure you eat more vegetables. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Really miss. Yeah. And the last nutritionist that I had was she. I just didn't like the way she talked to me. I I couldn't figure out like, is this like a you're you're infantilizing me because I'm black and you're white kind of thing. I didn't like feeling like that, but I did kind of feel like that. Like I felt like she was talking down to me, Mm -hmm. and nobody was really getting to the root of. Guys, I have an obvious eating disorder, and like I just told you, I had I I went like three days without eating anything and you're just like oh um well you should like you're like it, it was kind of like a brush over yeah like, yeah no one was really like okay listening so what, and like what's the issue yeah here? and that's the thing like understanding that history and being a part of generations that are just now taking part in going to the doctor because i remember generations before me like my brother who um passed away he was these are people who never went to the do- they didn't really go to the doctors like unless it was actually some sort yeah. of harm so one of the things I can think about is becoming more aware that your family history as much as possible. Because I know my family history has um, blood pressure and things of that nature. And also to consider that there can be other things that can stress you out other than actual food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, being black, walking around here. Um, yeah. Being black when you wake up in the morning. Being black when you go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. but there's, there's black bills. Black bills right. are different. You know what I mean? My Verizon has not had a zero balance since I bought my phone. You know what I mean? Things of that nature. You know, um, I will also advocate for um, healthy practices amongst yourself when you get up. You know, I'm, I'm a very much so really big for meditation, even if it's like five minutes. But you'd be surprised how um, having a self-care moment for yourself, even if for 45 seconds, you know, those things make the light of a difference. I'm not saying you're going to come out like Creed. You're going to be all buff and six-pack. <laughs> but you'll be able to um, start to have more practices that are more about, about yourself. Um, getting sleep, it. too. Getting sleep. Getting sleep. Oh, that's, yeah. That sounds simple, but it's a big one. Because not getting sleep. I will say I had a doctor that really was, like, breaking down sleep science. And he was like, that can impact that can impact blood pressure and cholesterol and how your body cleanses and functions. So getting a decent amount of sleep, um, establishing rituals, where it's like, okay, no more electronics, no more digital anything. I'm winding down. 
that's a whole other. There's a whole science behind. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But Creed. So you saw it. So you yeah, I saw. saw yeah, I saw it. Anybody else see it? No? I did not. Yet. I read the plot on the movie. <laughs> wow, we are here. <laughs> Damn. I, I do we, plan to see it. Okay, has anybody ever seen any of the Creed? Yes, yes. I seen. Okay, okay. I seen the first. All right. Second. I'm like, because yeah. we at least know who Creed is. <laughs> yes, right? yes, yes. We know. We know. All yes. right. All right. Apollo all right. Creed. So Son, honestly, yeah. Rocky Four. I can't watch Rocky Four. It's hard, it's especially yeah. watching it now. So sad. Especially yeah. watching it now is is um, I mean literally. Apollo Creed is the whole big part of the Rocky universe. Mm-hmm. If you take him out, it is not the same. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's the Rocky movies were terrible, you know, without <laughs> him in it. I mean, even with when we talk about Creed now, it's because of Apollo, the character, you know, when you watch it. But Apollo um, Creed. Yeah. <laughs> but when you watch three, if you was to have to watch it, I think it's something not <clears throat> necessarily about the movie itself, because there still might be people who haven't Creed seen it. Three. Creed 3. Creed Thank three. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Creed 3. But there is something about the relationship that we're seeing right before our eyes with Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. On screen and off. Like yes. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's a relationship that's developing yeah. afterwards, right? And there's some criticism to how Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors is when it comes to the photo shoot that he did for Ebony Magazine and the photo shoot that he did with Michael B. Jordan where they were embracing each other. Mm-hmm. Now, Jonathan, as you being a brother yourself, yeah. did you see anything wrong with how they were embracing each other? On the you know the photo between them two, or seeing two men like really like love each other in a sense, or appreciate each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. You saw something wrong with it? Absolutely. Okay, what did you saw wrong? Boy, no, I, I didn't. You know I mean? <laughs> like, I, I feel like that. I take that's, you for your word, yeah, yeah, no, and and that and and that's that's the crazy thing about it. You know, like it's 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 almost like you know we are always kind of set setting ourselves back. You know, this is what we used to see back in the day. You know, when you know yeah, brothers would be like, "Hey, my brother," you know, or like talking to my sister. The respect was there, the love was there, and you're not afraid to show it. And um, there's images of civil rights icons like lit- men yes, on each other. Yes, like Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King, all of them. Literally, like, and I grew up seeing that. I mean, even in Ethiopia, my mom was telling me when I went to go visit, she was like. You're going to see some some stuff that you might not really understand. And when she said that, I was like, what the hell is she like talking about? And there are men hands. holding hands. Yeah, so yeah. they hold hands out there. Because or they'll sit. Friends. Yeah, they're friends. These are men that are friends um, at all. And, you know, see, and that's today in Africa. So mm-hmm. to see that and then to also grow up with images of Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X hugging or like, you know, black men kissing on the cheek. Like our the men in our culture, we just like how you do the three kisses, we do it to each other as well. That's like, you know, we it's just love. So to see that um and them not care about it cuz cuz there have been interviews, you know, for with Jonathan Majors uh asking about that and like, you know, talking about the the feedback or the backlash that he got from the Ebony photo shoot. Shout out to Ebony Magazine, my other job, by the way. Um and uh, he's saying, "Listen, you know, if they talking about it, they talking about it." And, you know, uh I I I just think that we, we need to chill out. We need to chill out on stuff like that because we so. need more love like that. We need to start showing the, the young generation that, you know, we can do this without it being weird. Yeah. Yeah, like do you see something wrong with that star, though, like as a woman when you see that? Because I've I seen criticism coming from women also, too, yeah. who are like, I don't like to see my men that, that's like That's also this. how women are affected by patriarchy. Let's, let's make that clear. That is toxic masculinity. It affects men and women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have had personal instances in my own family of like hearing people say things to little boys like stop that crying boys don't cry Mm -hmm. or like stuff like that and so that is stuff that i've had to deal with but no like who hates love like right people showing (laughs) people showing love is people showing love like why does it have to get into like oh this is an agenda what to be nice to someone that you care for to show someone that you care for them like Mm -hmm. i just now i you know i've done work on myself and um have I think I've worked through a lot of the, the things that you're conditioned to believe but mm-hmm. no it doesn't bother me I think it's sweet like I, I love that they have a friendship and yeah. they're acting like friends like that's what it is so for those of you that did not see the movie <laughs> <laughs> or it's, read it's, about it <laughs> but here's the thing though it's comparison to the movie because the movie is dealing with Adonis Creed relationship with yes. an old friend from back in the day right mm-hmm. I and mean, we saw it all in the trailer and the moment he shows up and he sees his old friend, you can see the physical, like, he's like, 
boom. Like, mm-hmm. it's an effect on him. And you know that Damien, who the character Jonathan Majors played, had a role in his life that was significant. Yeah, and that's that something, right, as black men, when we move on in life in general, and it don't always have to be a financial upward, but you when you just move on, there always feels that need of, or that obligation of, I got to take someone with me, right? Mm-hmm. And then where does that relationship in your brotherhood where does the line of yes and no and cross and how much love can I show you, you know, and what, what am I trying to prove? When some of the things that happen on the street, when brothers kill each other, whatever, a lot of that is trying to showcase who's more of the man, this mm-hmm. ideology of what that man is. Yeah. Now, on one end, I'm not going to pretend like I don't know where the source of the criticism comes because there is a history, especially within this country, yeah, yeah, of sure. black men being, you know, you know, being buffed down, being beaten down in front of them and, and whatever spirit they had being taken from them. But and then I the and the insecurity of that, and it and is is it's been within our heritage within this country for years, for decades, for generations. But the problem with that is, I feel it's the kind of the same way when you see a younger generation saying everything is snitching, mm-hmm. like everything ain't that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a history of that. Yes, there's a history of them demasculating right. and this, and this, and this. But that ain't that, right? right? Jonathan B, Jonathan Majors when he was speaking at Michael B. Jordan's, um, when he got the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, we were talking in the room for three hours and we saw that we linked so well that we just said, yo, let's be friends. And he was like, yeah, let's be friends. And I was like, man, when the last time me and another brother just said, let's be friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to see them build on that, I think, is a, it's a beautiful thing because how you go from telling us we should stop shooting each other, we should stop killing each other, right? <laughs> right. And we should stop doing these things. But then when you see a display of that, you're opposed to it because, I mean, I don't know what else... Jonathan Majors got to do. He's playing a boxer. He's getting ready right. to play a bodybuilder. Right. The dude in shots. Uh, he, he played the Curry Brothers back in Detroit, which was Doug Dillers and White Boy Rick. I mean, he's played all of these roles where he's been like the guy. Yeah. And yet, when he sits on top of a couch because he's wearing some some stunner like, boots, have y'all not heard of Prince? And the, like, yeah, right. did <laughs> y'all see the pictures of the Isley Brothers back right there? Oh my god, they're like superheroes, right? Right. I mean, Superman himself wears his underwear outside. I mean, what are we talking about here as far as how we picking and choosing in that? And I just see that. I get it, man, because with black men, there's a lot of areas you go to in this world where you are devalued. But I'm, that's what I'm that's saying. You're, you're going to all these places where you're, you're always feeling like you're devalued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that these type of men who are upset or these type of women that are upset, this is the one place where they feel like they're trying to be valued and they feel like it's being taken away from them. And it's, and it's not. And to what you were saying about Asai Rocky walking behind Rihanna, I don't know where she's supposed to walk behind. I don't mind walking around <laughs> behind Rihanna. And it, the shoot was, messy. right, it, the shoot was about <laughs> Rihanna. Like, you know, yeah. that's why I say we are a part of the problem. We are a part of the problem. Like, us putting that type of narrative out and, like, saying, oh, this is what, it's always, oh, they're trying to demasculate um, the, the black man and all that. I think we are a part of the problem. Like, it's not about that. I feel like we find... An issue about everything. I ain't gonna lie to you. Some of this stuff I think is uh, Russian bots or Rock Nation bots mm-hmm. that come be. out of nowhere <laughs> just cause uh, discourse. Rock Nation bots. <laughs> I do, man. Because <laughs> it could be. No, I agree. Some of this stuff it comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like when the whole like there's, there's definitely a disinformation campaign. Yo, the yeah. whole. I mean, are you if, said if you buy if you buy McDonald's for my kid? You need to buy for everybody. Like, where if did it come if from? You're a man and like, you get Rihanna pregnant. Yeah, pregnant. right. And then, like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> what are we talking about here? It's like this stuff be coming out of nowhere, and, and the next thing you know, it's all over your timeline, like, whether you follow right. somebody or not. It's bots, and then like that shock, uh, that shock value. Unfortunately, that's what gets attention. That rage baiting mm-hmm. when you make people mad. That's what they want to yeah. see, or that's what they'll gravitate towards. As much as people will say they want positivity, it's always the negative that gets the the attention. And so I think it's a combination of bots and then, like, people who just maybe they didn't get loved on enough. And so they get online and they need attention. So it's like, let me say something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, I do think there's an accountability of we have to take when we participate in this madness of it and we start dissecting it the way we do. Because, I mean, listen, if we're going to be truthful, there was only a period of time where men were dressing over baggy, especially in, in black culture, mm-hmm. where they were dressing extra masculine. Because when you go back in history and you look back, them brothers were wearing capes. Right. Like, I was watching a documentary on the Roosevelt's, and they were talking about, like, when you look at the baby pictures in the 1800s, They're all of the babies were like, they all look like ruffle, they all the, like women. Yeah. Yeah, the dresses. boys were wearing dresses, and all of this stuff was constructed for marketing so that they can make money off of it. And then somehow it became a part of our identity. 
you know, in the sense of like, oh, a man wears this and who wears the pants right. and all of that. And none of that has anything to do with are you a good person or not. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's the part that I'm trying to understand. Like, well, what does it got to do with you being a good person and, and what role that should be played and all of that? Like, it has nothing to do with being a good person. Now, and if you get a chance to see Creed, actually, Creed 3, it, <laughs> it, is, a, it <laughs> is a good display of that relationship between brothers. Of Because I come from a, a family where I wasn't allowed to ask how my uncle was related. My mm-hmm. uncle Sam was my uncle Sam. I don't I don't know how it's related. You know what right. I mean? It was I had to go to another place when I went to Howard, and there are people like, oh no, this is just our family. This our this our friend we've been knowing for years. Okay. In my family household, when my grandma said, "This is your auntie. That's your auntie." That's and it. You didn't ask no questions on that. That's it. So when someone was your brother, that's your brother, right? Yeah. Like you live and you die for that. And when I see that on film, and then I see that off film with the relationship that they're building, we're seeing something that is beautiful developed in front of our eyes. I was too young to see the relationship between. Spike Lee and Denzel Washington mm, develop, mm-hmm. right? But I'm watching this. I'm like, yo, this is we, we should be applauding this. And to Yonder's point, I'm seeing just the criticism. I'm seeing these random podcasts that pop up that I ain't pay for uh-huh. on my timeline right, right. about men and everything. And it's just like it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, the movie made a hundred million dollars on the weekend. Crazy. Oh, I was just talking about. It was boss. For real, it was boss, man. I mean, you know, you sitting on top of a. On the, on the bench, you know, with the with the pink mink, right? And you got your legs crossed, <laughs> you know. I used to sit on top of the bench back yeah. in the day when we used to the work corners. Confidence in the swag. Yeah, yeah. Just saying how like I was like, yeah, you know, Jonathan Majors doesn't necessarily like. I, I love that women are attracted to him. I'm not necessarily that person. It's like, oh yeah, he's fine, but he is fine. Like it's something about his spirit. His yeah, spirit. I felt like the brother was throwing roses to my girl. Like if I had a girl, yeah. if I had a girl and she was next to me, we opened like, up that mag. I felt like he was moving me out the way. Right, he was like, <laughs> like, yeah. he's that guy. Yeah, that's how I felt. It would be on some like that Dracula kind of like all the women in the room is like, Word. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll convince me to go get something. But do you he's think like, he's cute or not? It's something about his yeah. aura, his energy. Yeah, like, yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah, that's. You got to have a lot of confidence too to pull that off, and he he does. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, Yonathan, you are a well-dressed guy who come with your confidence. Do you feel that kind of pressure, you personally, when it comes uh, to stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and we know people be in your DMs. They, and they do. <laughs> they, do. <laughs> they do. But, you know, uh, it's, it's you know, it, it comes with the territory, you know. I, I feel like I, I have to grow to this confidence, mm-hmm. you know, to this level of confidence. And um, I'm still growing. You know, because there's stuff that my stylist will pass to me. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know about that. But, like, you know, that's the beauty about it. So, like, to see Jonathan Majors, we saw, we were just talking about the old pictures of him in college. And to see him go from that, you know, person and evolve into this amazing artist now. And to see that confidence level, to see him being able to embrace uh, another brother like he's uh, been doing with Michael B. Jordan. It's just a beautiful thing. So, um once you get to that that place where you be like, I don't give a damn about what other people mm-hmm. say, that look, just keep on going from there. And I think you know because I'm I'm getting to that spot. So w- yeah. would you have pulled a, a Michael B. Jordan on the red carpet, like if you encountered someone that. who like absolutely, okay. and I will. You talking about the this for contest, the corny guy? Yeah, thing. but okay. yeah, but like I, I wouldn't have done it like the way he did it. It's kind of like he was really trying to you know, push up, like, he's trying to check her. I would have did it in a funny way to be like, say, look at me now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've done that at our... I mean, it's, it's our, Yeah, I did it at my, uh, our, 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 you know, school reunion, our class reunions. It's, it's, but it's all jokes, and, you know, it's like we were kids at the time, so... Yeah, there's a, there's a line between bullying and then this is just jokes. Right, right. I had a guy try to bully me for my complexion. Oh, snap. Um, not only was he the dumbest person in the class because he was <laughs> 13 in the sixth grade. Oh, wow. Maybe fifth grade. Um, Damn. But it was a thing. Like, he always would, like, try to bully me. And then I was never someone, like, if you try to bully me, oh, I got I got it back for you. Oh, so really? Go, oh, I got into it. Nice. Like, well, that's um, nice, though. Any of my family watching is probably like, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just know I had teachers that cared enough not to suspend me or anything. That's anyway, what's up. Um, so, yeah, me and this kid would go back and forth a lot. Like, he would just start with me out the blue. And his comeback was always something about, that's why you're the darkest person in the class. Wow. So, like, it was always that. Right. And my comeback was, I'd rather be dark than stupid. So, <laughs> you know, that, and that was what he could say. Um, but long story short, ran into him probably, like, after college. And, like, 
I was gonna keep walking. I didn't know what the vibe was because I'm right. like, you act like you didn't like me. This wasn't no, oh, that's just kitty. No, like you act like you really didn't like me. Mm. Long story short, he was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Great, good. You know, let's exchange numbers. Why? Like I literally <laughs> was like, why? And he yeah. was like, yo, we need to connect. You know, I think you look fine. You, like I look good. All <sighs> okay. I was about to say he probably liked you. So That's, you like chocolate now? Yeah, <laughs> I always like chocolate. He probably always did. I always, you know. I mean, you know that's I how they. Smith and Nestle. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a jerk to people. Though. Yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> don't. But I do think I there is a him. line though between <laughs> we we do. There is a line between yo how this affects you versus how I see it. Like I might see it as oh you should be over that, but the reality is it affected that person. Yeah, it did. Right. And, and oftentimes coming back to the conversation we were having about the men thing, oftentimes with men. What I see is that it's more of a you should be over that. Because mm-hmm. if Michael right. B. Jordan was Michelle Jordan, it would have been like, that's right. her right. right. And they would have been championing that. But when that's, it comes to black real. men, there's this attitude or this perception that you're supposed to just take, take, take. And you're supposed to respond back with this grace mm-hmm. that you wasn't necessarily exactly. given. I wasn't there to witness what happened when he was in middle school. So I don't know how that affect, right? right. And I didn't look at the tone. I just saw he mentioned it. And first thing I said to myself was like, yo, his eyes is everywhere. Because that part, it's not like it was on a popular podcast, respectfully. Right. It's not like it was a viral moment before then. Like, people had to go back and look at that. So I was like, yo, this brother's eyes is everywhere. Like, somebody really brought this to him. He got some people. So he might be watching this right now. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Because she did the the interview clip. Um, I will say, I I think people took it a little far. But again, it is. They did take it too far. But people were turning it it into stuff that it's not. Like, see, that's what happens when, when. All you chicks think y'all all that, and yeah. y'all don't go for the corny. I, I'm the girl that that. Well, first of all, I didn't really date, but if I was, it was always going to be somebody that was quote unquote nerdy or corny. Mm-hmm. Um, I never was into the that. Like, there's this idea that oh, women like like the the tough guy, the hood guy, or whatever. And so I think people were projecting that onto um, the interviewer. Um, but at the same time, he probably was corny. Right. Like it just <laughs> sound like some some funny. <laughs> it just sound like some funny kid stuff. There's yeah. a thin line between bullying, just like torturing someone to the point where they want to take their life, and just all in fun. Come on, what 12, 13, 14 year old is not gonna have fun with? Oh, your name is Michael B. Jordan. Ha ha ha. Like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Now, I will say if if the the, the headshot thing. I don't know what what the specifics were. Like, was he going around like look at my headshot? Look at. Like, I mean, if, if he, he was, was doing that, that's weird. If that he was, weird. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But I also am weird, and I also was a nerd, and I also believed in myself. You know, to where I would have, if I had headshots when I was younger, I probably would have did the same and, thing. And that's you the know, thing too. Like, so yeah. um, man, he had a vision. He yeah, was in uh, high listen, school. Yep. He was on the wire while yep. he was a teenager. So he probably he was auditioning. So, so hey, I mean. But I can't, I can't knock him for calling her out. Like it, it was probably cathartic for him. We don't know what, what that made him feel. It clearly made him feel some type of way. Yeah, so. yeah, and we, we don't know what the intentions could have been behind that. Also, yeah. too, because when it comes to stuff like that, there has been a history, though. As, as all of this connects, right? There's, there's been a history of black men and how they're portrayed and what they're seen as, what they should respond to, what they should not respond to. Some of it is healthy criticism. Some of it is like. Yo, y'all doing too much. Y'all piling way on and too much into this. Like people were projecting their own issues. Yeah, right. and that's where it comes down to. Like if you if you had issues where you felt like the girl didn't choose you because she chose someone else, and you're still harboring that now, you're the one that probably needs to go seek help more than Michael B. Jordan because mm. your your response to that. I don't know if you saw it. That was circulating. It was this comic where it was like. Black girl with like some like super buff thugged out guy. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. That, com- that resurfaces like every three years. Yeah, right, right. And sometimes they put Drake face on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They so, did, so they did, they it, did it with Michael Rihanna. B. Jordan. So they did it with Michael yeah. B. Jordan's face. So they put it on Michael. So Michael B. Jordan then became the guy that was like, you know, he had all the things. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't. But I'm like, y'all, that, you just need therapy. Like, this ain't even funny. Like, you just, this is sad. Like, you need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that's about. When, well, I mean, we, we know what it's about. It's a lot of brothers not healing, but, you know, Yonathan, I applaud you for, for sharing that because, yo, when I see you, I'll be like, yo, dude, fly, right? Yeah. But I can only imagine what the stereotype might be of someone seeing that and what you probably deal with a day by day and your, and your journey to even get to this level. Yeah, yeah. So I, I applaud you for that. You know what I'm saying? Cause for me, I'm just like, yo, I just ain't got options like that. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think a lot of brothers who may see that and feel that way is because it always starts off with jealousy. Oh, now that would be a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I've had people ask me about you and I'm just like, 
Oh, I'm not, I'm not in the business of hooking anybody up. So <laughs> I just like mind your business. <laughs> Slide into him. Yeah. Nah, I, yeah. I just be like, you know, homie Jazzy. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I just be like homie Jazzy, like ja- homie Jazzy. Like, look how he moved. Like he, when I first met him, he glided into the deck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like. I was like, yo, how can I get some, like, yeah. how can I smooth into but the door? Of, and a lot of people had an awkward phase in right. middle school, junior high. The people that were popular then, they, they just peaked early. So yeah. I feel like we should we should all uh, share pictures, you I know, know. <laughs> post them. For- <laughs> possibly. You know what I mean? Possibly in that, man. I mean, um, when I when I think back, I don't know if I was any guy. Like, I, I, I really don't know. I'm not even trying to be on it. I don't know if I was corny. I don't know what I was because mm. I was so in my own element. Mm. You know what I mean? And this is on topic of how we was getting into it. I was that hip hop kid, you know what I mean? So my whole thing was Source magazines and what I'm reading and who got the latest bars and you know what album I'm about to buy. I yeah. was so into the culture and that I didn't, I didn't recognize how someone else perceived me and what they was teasing me about. You know what I mean? Because if you weren't gonna say it to my face, you know that had to be a whole another situation. I wasn't going to always be every volunteer. Yeah, you know. So I say that as we're leaning into the hip hop fifty. Yeah, I, mean, I brought my shirt out. I see. Yeah. West Coast, out here West Coast. Right, 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 Come on, you already know. I right, see right. that. I was like, he all right. The shirt. He wasn't looking at the pecs. You know what I'm <laughs> the shirt. It's all about the shirt, man. <laughs> all about the shirt. So, yeah, you know, we on uh, hip hop 50 anniversary is coming up, which go to show you that hip hop is still a young genre. Yes, it yeah. is extremely young. I mean, only 50. Yeah. Yeah, there are people who are alive that witness his birth. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? In that, when we when we think about hip hop celebrating his fifty, what's the first thing that comes to everybody's mind when you hear that number? That it's it's amazing that the genre has become what it's become. Like fifty, it's it's still young, but that's also a healthy enough amount of time that it's like, okay, no, this is real. This is what culture, and you see it everywhere. There, you know, there was a, when it, when it was first coming up. People didn't believe in it, and people thought it was even older black elders were like, "Oh, we don't want to play this on the radio." Or like, "What are y'all doing? What is this Jungle Bunny?" You know. <laughs> but now <laughs> it's, it's here. I don't know if it's thriving. I guess it depends on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have a, this is a whole other discussion about the state of hip hop now, but it has come a long way. Um, I'm happy that it's it seems easier to make money. And I think now, because we're in a culture where you can be an independent artist, hopefully we're headed in a direction where less artists are being taken advantage of. Um, I think we are. I think we are. I can see that. Yeah. Um, what were y'all first hip-hop albums that you guys got? Ooh. You remember? Man, My you mother were. had, it wasn't mine. My mother had vinyl. She had a vinyl collection. Ooh. She had Trans Europe Express. What? Oh, shoot, I can't think of the group, but the song was like Trans Europe Express, and it was like a popular breakdance song. And so I grew up in Harlem, so I I remember witnessing mm. they would break out like the cardboard and be <laughs> pop locking and all that stuff. <laughs> I used to copy. I used to try to copy. I never um, figured out. But um, Trans Europe Express, that was the first time any kind of hip hop anything came onto my mind. I don't know if you would call that hip hop. It, it kind of was, but it was. I don't know. Um. Moving on. Um, <laughs> another early artist, LL Cool J. I've talked about Oh, yes, this. yes, yes, yes. Okay. My early crush, okay. LL Cool J. Yes. Okay. I, I think the first time I remember LL Cool J coming on my mind was the I Need Love video. Oh. And, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'll probably like, again. Probably I, I don't like know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember necessarily the first, like, purchase or first album. But I can definitely tell the first album that was coming across my radar in elementary school, everybody was passing around the tape. And that was DJ Quick, Quick as a Name. Woo! Quick as a Name. You know uh, what I mean? Like, that tape was being passed around. Yeah. We're, like, eight, nine years old. And everybody, yo, you heard that quick? You heard that quick? And we're like, I'm like, what? What? And when I played it, the first song was called Sweet Black Gun. Right? And I remember playing that in my Man. house. And then my mother comes out her room rapping the second verse. What? Oh. <laughs> yo. Not as she, like, as she, was, as she was putting clothes up. <laughs> Like she wasn't like trying to be what? cool. She was like blah 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 blah, and she was Ooh. putting clothes up, and then she left. And I remember I was like, "Oh Yo, snap, right!" That's and wild. so like my experience with hip hop. When I think about hip hop fifty, I think about how fortunate I was to have the household I hope I had because I had what I like to call like stop eject lessons, mm-hmm. meaning a song would be played in the car when I'm with my mother, and she'll stop me like, "Yo, you know what that word means?" And I'd be like, "No," nah. and she'll break it down to me. She'll break down to me the scenarios like and what that. something That's means dope. and things like, like that. that. So I always had this very introspective view of what I was listening to. 
her perspective was two things. I don't want you to be dumb out in the streets and mm. you ain't going to come here saying you did something and you ain't know what you was doing. You're going to always mm. know what you're doing. So when some of my friends, when we be in trouble and some of my friends would say something like, oh, I'm just going to like tell my mom this. Yeah. I knew my ass whooping was coming yeah. because I knew what I was doing. I yeah. knew the trouble because... That was our relationship. That was our bonding. She would listen to something and she would say, do you know what he's talking about when he talk about this? Do you know what a kilo is? And this and this and this. And then we Damn. didn't have Google, so she'll send me to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. right. And make me read what wow. these things were. That's so dope. And all of these things. So when I think about Hip Hop 50, I think about like that kind of perspective. And, and it sounds cliche, but Hip Hop really did save my life. If it wasn't for me hearing what they were saying on record. Because back then when a rapper would talk about them doing dirt, they always rap that the last verse was always a consequence. If anything, I can criticize mm -hmm. in today's era, it's just, you just don't hear the consequence. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. I got this money for selling drugs and I'm yeah. still living. Yeah. But back then, it would be like, I got this money for selling, it was a story. I got the money, no, I start off broke, I got the money, and then at the end, I went to jail. Yeah. So I yeah. always heard the last ending of it, and mm -hmm. it really saved my life when it came to that. So when I think about that, I think about all those lessons in entertainment that, um, by, while being entertained, yeah. you know, with the culture itself. That's so dope. Yeah. My Your first, um, I mean, I didn't buy it, but um, got it through, like, Cousins or whatever. And obviously, you guys know I'm from L.A., so it was the Chronic album, oh, wow. 92. And that was, like, I don't know, it like, the nostalgic feeling I get from, you know, just, like, old-school L.A., like, the shit that y'all mm -hmm. seen and uh, Boys in the Hood and Friday and stuff like that. Like, that was how I grew up. <laughs> I remember being someone from LA for the first time. I think it was like one of my Star always meets yeah, right. <laughs> I, right. I love her stories. I'll be ready you know too. Like, I remember I met Santa Claus one time right. in July. Right. Yeah, lost no, weight. Because you said that, right? And like, I just remember she, she had the accent. Yeah. And we'd be like, oh my God, yeah. they really talk like yeah. that. It was yeah. Like <laughs> I know. I, whenever I go back home, they're like, um, you're sounding a little too New Yorker. Because <laughs> I'll be like, coffee now. They'll be like, it's coffee, all right? Stop playing. <laughs> Yeah, the ERs. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a great album for you to start with because that album chronicled the LA riots of mm -hmm. the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know until I got older that some of the interludes was coming from real from, audio, yeah. mm -hmm. like real yeah. people yeah. talking, so, and you so lived crazy. that experience. I did. Yeah. I did. I remember it. I remember all of that, like Rodney King, like as it was happening. I remember mm -hmm. watching the news with my family. So you know, all of that yeah. it literally um, shaped my childhood as well. So you know, that's. It's crazy. It's crazy how hip hop can really just have an effect on on you different ways. You know what I mean? Like how you learned, you know, from from like what they were saying for you, you know, like the culture of where you're from. That's how you, you know, you were birthed in it. For me, the stuff that was happening within the black culture in, in L.A., the riots and whatnot, which I vividly remember. And I have a horrible memory, you know, but little yeah. stuff like that, because I remember we was rapping about that. The people, was, you know talking about that that's when you know we actually had substance in our songs uh oh, and but yes 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 rest in peace i mean it was it was a bittersweet that whole week because de la soul their music went streaming which has not yeah. been available for streaming which i didn't mm -hmm. even realize right until like a few years ago yeah. so their albums went streaming oh. and then Dave passed away and so mm -hmm. it's, it's impact like that when you think what, about the fact that we're at that level what there. Which I have been in. Because, like, I feel like Native Tongue, like, uh, De La Soul, Queen Latifah, um, Tribe Girl Quest, that crew was, like, the first crew that really made me feel like I belonged in mm. hip-hop. Before, I felt like a spectator. Like, okay, all these, like, guys swaggering stuff. But they were, like, the crew of, like, I guess they, like, called themselves the Flower Children, right? Like Daisy Crew. The Daisy Crew. Mm -hmm. They just had the Daisy show not too long and ago. I yeah. felt like, look at these blurs. Like, <laughs> I belong here. So I would yeah. say um, Native Tongue or when I was in high school, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be down with, like, Nipsey and Timberland. <laughs> oh, that's, that was the, literally. <laughs> what what crew? Yeah. Yeah. Yama, you want to go? Um, I, for me, personally, I would Missy and Timberland crew for sure because mm -hmm. I love the whole genuine and all the, you know what I mean? That whole crew. But um, uh, Shout out to Aaliyah. She the one. Right. Aaliyah is the one who introduced y'all. Yeah, right, right. My pops, <laughs> Elgin Lumpkin. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I feel like I would have always wanted to be like the little brother uh, in NWA. Like, you know, because okay. that's how, that's how, but like those are how like my big brothers were, you know. Um in LA and in Long Beach that they they were like the ones that kind of took care of us you know when 
uh, they would see, you know, us getting bullied or whatever. Like, you know, they 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 had our backs. So, um, yeah, NW, NWA, like those are the guys I do remember um, growing up in Long and, Beach and, and, and L.A. Yeah. I, as far as crew, if I can yeah. just say real quick, I man, it, I had different stages in my life. And growing up in Detroit, I didn't realize how much of a melting pot we were because we wasn't biased. Mm -hmm. So you would find a crew of people that was so West Coast and you would find a crew of people that was so East. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know the bias really existed until I came to college. And mm -hmm. I would have people be like, yeah, I don't buy this type of record. That's it's crazy. Here. And I was yeah. like, what? Because we, we, we bought everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as um, crew that I would probably be attached to, I don't know. It was it depended on what stage in, in my life because right. it would be a mixture of uh, woo. It'd be a mixture of the NWA era. Mm -hmm. um, but when I became like a young adult, like 18, is when I really appreciated Native Tongues. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, I didn't necessarily appreciate them as much because I was listening to what was going on outside my, my front steps. Okay, so I was gravitating toward anything that was like the Minister Society era and that kind of thing. I was gravitating towards that. But when I got older, I started to really appreciate them. Violators, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um and everything that they they you know tried car quest, I became like a real real big fan of theirs my, in that sense. So yeah, really into native, so that kind of helped. Mm. I yeah, think a lot of rest in peace to Chris Lightly. Chris Lightly, right? Reminds you of NWA. So mm -hmm. that was kind of me too. Like the older people that I was around, they were all into native tongues heavy. And even that, that could be regional in in a sense. Like I know they were popular across the board, but remember there was that whole De La Soul Soul is Dead period where they mm -hmm. were kind of making. Not making fun of, but like highlighting how there was a shift in hip hop toward the the hardcore, which was when NWA NWA started to rise right. and like bring about the, the the gangster rap and people were like, oh, the lot soul is corny, oh, we don't want that. So, <laughs> but okay, we gotta wrap this up. Yeah, I just want to say in college, I definitely was hanging around a bunch of Dipset members, unofficial members. Oh, <laughs> unofficial <laughs> members. I was definitely hanging around a bunch of unofficial Everybody members. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. I wasn't a part of it, yeah. but all those long white t-shirt dresses that, that I was around. Hilarious. That's all I'm gonna say before that. we go. Oh, so yeah. I hated that face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Let's never bring back yeah. those long no. size t-shirts. Man, oh, my shaka tees. I used to wear <laughs> that yeah. 3x tall. <laughs> but this was dope, man. I missed y'all. I didn't yeah. realize how much I missed y'all. I, I, I don't 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 do that again. I won't. I won't do it again, man. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be back. You know, I'll be I'll be here, and I'll be I'll be with y'all, and I, I appreciate it. You know. Jonathan, much blessings up to you. Thank Your you. social medias and everything is Jonathan Elias TV. That's everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Star Rock. Star Rock. Star with two R's, rock, R-O-C-K-E-E, underscore in the middle, star underscore rock. You can find me. All right. As usual, mine is at J Hall Society. Be blessed with successful. This has been the AURN Podcast. Talk hey. to you soon. Until next time. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.